Hello, St. Lukers. It is great to be back with you. It is your four pastors, and we're going to be talking on this uh, week after Easter about Eastertide and what it means to us. We hope you had an amazing Holy Week, a powerful Holy Week, and a a beautiful um, Easter celebration. And we're going to be talking about what that means and how that should affect the next uh, sermon series, but also the next days of your life. So let's get started. First of all, let's just talk about what resurrection means. What does resurrection mean to you guys? The easy or the low-hanging fruit for me is always just the resurrection means that the the worst thing is not the last thing. I forget who said that. We can Google it uh, at our own uh, leisure. But yeah, it mean it means that when we think about, or even you, you know, you think about, uh, you think back over your life and you think about the things that have been the most challenging, the things that meant certain death, whether uh, uh, whether you that's metaphorical uh, or whatever, and you look at the fact that you are still here. Um, that's what resurrection means is that, that, uh, there is life after the worst thing. All right. Like I was saying, it's done podcast over. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like what I was saying, uh, last week, Leslie Weatherhead's the ultimate will of God is like, you just ultimately love wins. Ultimately death is right. Like Jeremy said. So ultimately God's will is, is life is redemption, salvation and resurrection is that so my favorite meaning for resurrection for me um and it's the one that as i have you know yes like jen said <laughs> yes yes and i think resurrection is the ultimate expression of grace for jesus um because i don't know about you but if i was murdered by a bunch of people and oh. got the opportunity to come back to life i would not then go back to those people <laughs> <laughs> and commission them to go do ministry. Um, and no doubt the disciples weren't necessarily the ones who put him physically on the cross. Um, and, and all of, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily the case, but the idea that if we think of it as humanity, as killing Jesus, um, to come back and to offer, you know, himself to humanity, I will be with you to the end of the age continue to be present, continue to offer instruction to, to come back to life. Um, that is, that is a kind of grace that I don't know that I have the capacity for in my everyday life without a lot of God-given spirit. And so to me, the resurrection is for, is, is an act of forgiveness, (laughs) not for us, but to us. (laughs) So that's, that's the most powerful resurrection image for me. I know you, I don't, you were like, uh, I don't have the capacity for that kind of forgiveness in my regular life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, no, but no, but for sure, you definitely encapsulated like the point of the thing, right? It's it's also, the resurrection uh, is also empowerment. Right. Yeah. It's forgiveness, it's empowerment as well. Yeah. It's also responsibility. Mm. Like, what are you going to do with it? Because yeah. I have a funny, <laughs> just thought about it. I like resurrection means for me, I start writing my funeral now. So it's a good funeral. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, people always go, what are they going to say about me when I die? Well, you have, 
go ahead and write it because you have resurrection power and you have resurrection responsibility and you have been resurrection begins on this side of, of creation of heaven. Then you, the way you live starts to write what people are going to say about you. I think I said that last year. And, and I really realized that the more funerals I do, the more I go, they're like, Oh, that, that was so beautiful. And I'm like, the person wrote it themselves because of how they lived. Right. Right. And I've, I've heard that my whole life. <clears throat> in different in different um uh amalgamations, right? So some people say, what do you do with your dash type vibes, right? But I think the first time I felt that was at uh Yvette's funeral. Um yes. yeah, yeah. Just just the way that just the way that God's spirit walked with Yvette and that she allowed it to, you know what I mean? It, 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 it just makes for uh, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It makes for exactly. Yeah. So we move into the Christian year into a time called Easter tide. It's the great 50 days of Easter between now and Pentecost. And what does it mean? What it, um, before I answer it, <laughs> I'll just ask the question, what is Easter tide? It's not laundry detergent. No. Is that an Easter scent that Tide has? Is that that's good? Yes. That's that's one Denmark. <laughs> three three bad one. jokes and you're out. That's I one. don't even you're know it's fun sometimes because I'm like, well, that was a choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's the Easter time is that season where we as a church uh, look at what our response as a community is to um to the resurrection. So we 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 celebrate Easter every year and then you get the chance collectively to, to look together at, at what our response to resurrection in this moment is. What does it mean with how we live our lives? So, so why is it 50 days? Oh, come if on. If you're waiting for a corny joke, I don't have one. I'm sorry. The, the detergent one just the took it all out. Is that Jesus spent with his disciples after his resurrection, before, ascension. before his ascension, and before the Holy Spirit came to begin Pentecost, and it's ten more than forty. Yeah, and 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 from what I understand, it's the longest season. I mean, there's normal times aren't really seasons, right? This is a gap. This is because this is the part where we, as disciples of Jesus, people who live into the resurrection life of Jesus. This is supposed to be that longest portion, right? That that um, we live in to that idea that death, the last thing is not the last thing, right? And all that we just talked about, it's set aside that way. So we're, our new sermon series is called Renovate. And there's multiple reasons of why we called it that. Does anybody remember why we called it that? What's have you seen the Have you seen the Welcome Hall? <laughs> Been around for the last two years. Oh, we figured the we might as well uh, just really lean into that uh, that aesthetic we've got in the Welcome Hall after a couple of years, uh, and uh, hopefully during this season we'll start to see it come uh, be be renovated back into um, something. But that that was not our reason. That was just a nice little uh, uh, benefit um, to the side of of how we are gonna gonna shape that. Well, and the renovation should be beginning. So we're going to get to watch what happens when things get built back or built into something, actually a new vision of that, which is kind of the power of resurrection, right? Like we're being, 
resurrected to be able to build something. I've been saying a lot the last couple of weeks um, to y'all, resurrection in order to resurrect. And what do you think needs to be resurrected around us? Mm-hmm. No, I'm asking, what do you think needs to be resurrected around us? A spirit of welcome. willingness. A, a spirit A spirit of willingness to show for each other um uh, it's like it's like in my mind it's this like spirit of willingness in this investment piece like i don't know i think about i think about um my grandparents specifically my grandfather was constantly at the church constantly going to make sure that folks were okay um and i think that i don't know when we're willing to show up to make sure that everybody's okay uh, even if everybody's okay, we get so much medicine just from being in community. Um, that that's just the thing that pops up off the top of my head. I'm, I'm super curious what the rest of you all think. This is a great question. Well, and I, I like where you're going. Um, that willingness to show up and be community, um, to be there for each other. Um, I think that that's, that's something coming, you know, out of pandemic, still in somewhat of, you know, um, to to gather around and be there for each other um, in new ways. Um, in this new season, everyone's talking about what is the church on the other side. And I think it, it resurrecting that, what it means to be community, what it means to, to be the body of Christ in ways that are, that are, um, that are life-giving, that are right um not destructive and and hurtful definitely i I think the church needs resurrection gosh like the christian church right um it needs some resurrection um well and and there are things going on in our communities in our state in our nation um and I can enumerate them, but I'm going to just say there are things that are happening that there are the antithesis of who we are in our core values of Christ-centered love that is lived out in acceptance, community, hospitality, discipleship, and service. Um, there is a, a, they are antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ, who mm-hmm. surrendered himself in a sacrifice of love for mm-hmm. all people. Um, there are things that our people are going through. Um that are risky, scary things, not only just as people, but just um, inflation and the raising rights, the raising the raising of rent and, and people are struggling. And so how we show up um, as the gospel, as resurrected people is critically important to, and life-giving and affirming to yeah. our neighbors. Yeah. Right. Um, Forget about what's going on. Like, forget about political. No, just life-giving and affirming right. to our neighbors. Right. We live as resurrected people. Right. A new day. When we live that out, we we resurrect people's souls and their belief in themselves that they're not alone. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We started Lent off with um, Isaiah 58, and we're going to be starting 
uh, Easter tide off also with Isaiah 58. And I just want to read the last, the, the, the whole of the, the um, chapter is, is important, but the, the last few verses are the ones that kind of shaped why we're doing the series and, and calling it renovate is um, it says your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. Sometimes I, I, I look around and, and feel like there's some ruins around us of, of things. And again, welcome hall really helps enumerate that for us. Um, Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And that section speaks to me of of wanting to be sure that whatever we're doing now, we're putting a foundation that is not just for us. We're not serving ourselves. We're serving generations in the future. The last the last um, line, I think, is really powerful because it it sort of speaks um, into the future of, of how people will look back at what we did in moments like this. It says, you shall be called repairer of the breach. Not, not be repairers of the breach. It's, prof- it's, it's the prophet saying, you shall be called repairers of the breach, the mm-hmm. restorers of streets to live in. Mm-hmm. And I just take those words so, I mean, it gives me chills to go, you know, I, I, I want to be called that. I want to be known as that. I want us to be known as that. And so what, what does that, what does that life look like? And I think it is that response to, to resurrection, being agents of resurrection in that way. It's that responsibility thing. (laughs) You know, the resurrection comes with responsibility that, and, and yeah, we, we are here. St. Luke's has always been the fill the gap kind of church. What are the gaps in our ministry? What are the gaps in the congregation? What are the gaps in people's hearts? What are the gaps in the community? And there are some gaps. There are some holes in the road. There's some holes in the bridges that have been blown up. There have been holes in the walls and we've got work to do. And the only thing that can do it is resurrection work. Yeah. Which means it's going to be hard, Um, which leads us to what we're to be studying in our renovate series. Um, tell us, Melissa, about First Peter, a book that hardly anybody ever reads. Uh, same, me too. So this was one of the first times I've delved into First Peter. I think that's probably the the case for all of us to this extent. Um, there's a few there's a few phrases in First Peter that you probably are familiar with. This is the the um, letter, the epistle, as we call it, that. Um, where we get those images of, of Christ as the cornerstone and us as living stones that that build and rebuild, kind of like that image that we heard in um, Isaiah as well. Um, but First Peter is a letter um, that uh, is attributed to uh, the Apostle Peter. It's not written by the Apostle Peter. It's one of those that is written in um, his name, uh, but would have been written by someone within a community of early Christians. This is sometime in the last quarter of the first century. Um, so hopefully some, sometime somewhere around 90 um, CE. And so we're, we're hearing this uh, letter written about the same time as we're seeing a lot of the gospels written. Um, so we don't have these established stories that everybody is, is sharing. This is one of those letters that gets passed around um, as encouragement to specific communities. 
And we don't have a lot of, of details on this letter other than it was last quarter of the first century um, to a community of, of new Christians in Asia Minor. So it's a community of, of folks who are asking the question, okay, we believe in the resurrection now. We have, have had new birth. We have um, been born anew. Um, and and here's what here's how we're, we're needing to live. And so they're figuring that out. But what they're experiencing is um, as they are are confessing Jesus as they are living as disciples of the resurrected Christ, um, they're getting pushback um, from their community. This isn't necessarily the same as we see in other, uh, in some of the gospel um, stories or in some of the others letter, other letters. It's not necessarily pushback from the empire or from the government. It's just from their community, from other people in their community um, who aren't loving their new life, their new way of, of being and their new way of acting and their new way of living. And so it's a it's a letter of encouragement um, in the midst of what uh, the writer of First Peter often refers to as suffering, and and it's it's the suffering of pushback to living your faith out. It's not it's not generic suffering. It's not um, life suffering. It is it is it is when you get um, that that persecution um, and that that uh, uh, response, the negative response based on living out your faith. And so that's what um, the the writer kind of spells out is here's here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to remember. Here's where we need to have hope. Here's where we need to keep going. Here's, here's encouragement in the midst of suffering. So we each week are going to take a different word, um, kind of like Advent, um, where this is what resurrection life looks like. It means that we, we live into hope. We live into our belief. We live into love. We live into perseverance, um, recognizing that when we do that, it builds the road and repairs the walls for other people. Um, when you were talking, I, 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 it's living resurrection to resurrect the living among us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we're, we're going to do something different. Um, so we have a lecturer that's coming and he'll be doing the podcast from here on out mm-hmm. for the next five weeks. He's an expert in first Peter, um, right, which is right, really right. exciting. He's a pastor at first Pres in Atlanta. He's mm-hmm. the teaching pastor there. Um, but we're starting and ending. So this, uh, so the Sunday after Easter and Pentecost are going to be, have guest preachers and they're lay people. They are not just lay people. They are the lay leaders of our Florida annual conference. And so we're going to have Derek Scott. Melissa, you want to tell us about Derek? Yeah, Derek Scott is one of our co-lay leaders. Um, he is the uh, executive director of Campus to City Wesley in Jacksonville, um, and he started that ministry, gosh, I don't know, a decade ago, maybe before, maybe earlier than that, um, as sort of a new way of doing campus ministry that acknowledged um, the, the connections that campus ministry needs to have with local churches um, and to one another when you have multiple campuses in a, in a community. And so he's been doing that. Um, he does a lot of work around um, the country uh, with um, speaking and um, working in the world of the Methodist church and trying to help um, help the Methodist church move forward into what we are being called to be. Um, and so he's one of those people that I just appreciate because he's staying in conversations that are very exhausting um, to stay in and continuing to do the work and continuing to try to help us move forward um, as an institution. 
um, in the midst of of all of his own day-to-day ministry. So he is a dear friend of mine um, and and all of ours um, and somebody that I think you are going to be blown away by. Um, You can't hear him speak and not walk away just enthusiastic about something. Such a gift to the church, such a gift to the church and speaks to the power of laity uh, and the place of laity in the church, like, um, and just even hearing his name brings a smile to my face, uh, a smile out of like the, the the joy of experiences and the joy of the ministry is doing and a smile out of the mischievousness and the trouble that lady can get the church into the good trouble, you know? Um, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about him being here in, in our ministry context and, um, and bringing a word. So it's gonna be great. So he's going to be here Sunday and he's going to be preaching on Isaiah 58 and the very beginning of first Peter. And then on Pentecost, we're going to conclude the sermon series with our other co-leader lay leader for the annual conference, our own Alice Williams. Like talk about Alice. She's been in the church. We only have so much time, Jen. I know she's been in this church 40 years. (laughs) Yep. Helps help grow this church, lead this church, support this church, um, spur the church on. The St. Luke's, right? And now doing powerful work in the conference. You might um, see her waving a lighter in worship if the or praise, her keys, if the worship song keys. is too good. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's led us in our leadership retreat. She's a right, yes. you know, retired from Disney HR, but also she went to general general conference, right? And then was asked to be on the commission on the way forward and right. did that work denominationally with thirty other people for years, two years to try and move the denomination. And, and what's interesting is God gave her heart and soul in, you know, like, like you said about resurrection, there's grace that we cannot do. Sometimes Alice is one of those people mm-hmm. that has lived in spaces too, that, you know, most of us would say I'm walking away and she has yeah. stayed and she so believes in the Methodist church and, yeah. Gosh, she's just, we all want to be Alice when we grow up. Alice and Debbie. Yeah. Yep, yep. so, and she'd be so upset for us saying all this. Like, you guys, you guys, would, stop, it, stop, it, stop it, stop it, stop yeah. it, stop it. No, Alice, we love you. And we're so excited to have you preach. What a gift. So what's cool is we're using laity to kind of bookend the sermon series because it gets back to the idea that the real work of resurrection happens in, in you all who are the laity of this church, who are St. Luke's and the laity in the world leading your lives as public theologians in your everyday life, not just here on campus, but mainly primarily predominantly in your everyday life, you are resurrecting living when you live resurrection. And so we professionally do this. And I, you know, I, I think we hopefully do it in our everyday life too, because that's who we're called to be. But it's so much more powerful to hear from people who are doing it and who are believe in the church and and have given their life to it to be public theologians. And so I'm super, super excited um, because in 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 all actuality, that's why Jesus spent 50 days with his people, because he was saying, you're going to be it. I'm, yes. I'll be the head. I'll be the cornerstone of the church, but you're it. And when you live it, you're going to come against stuff, but you're going to be the ones that persevere through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other so words? Great. 
words that you all want to add before we close up today? Yes, Jeremy. Another thing that I think needs to be resurrected in our world and in our community is theological imagination or just imagination. Uh, I think I think that we could be so afraid of being wrong that we're afraid of going to the new places God is go God is showing us, right? Yeah. Um, so if we can if we can show up for each other and support each other, you know what I mean? As we imagine who we can be and who God can be in us, I don't know. We might be in good shape. Hmm. Yeah. So before we leave, we have Wednesday classes that are going to be starting. Um, so make sure that you attend. I know who all is leading a class here. Jad and Jeremy and I are leading class. Jad, what are you teaching? I'm going to be teaching um, uh, Christian theology, kind of a basics of Christian theology. Um, some some of the spaces uh, that Melissa's Lenten class uh, didn't hit. So filling in those, those kind of gaps. Um, and um, thinking through those things more fully. And, and really what that is, is what does it mean to live out resurrection life as a disciple of Jesus, right? So yeah, it's called Our Faith. Jeremy, what are you teaching? I am teaching creative writing as a spiritual practice. Uh, you'll get the opportunity to um, writers of all skill levels, even if you've never really picked up a pen in your life. Uh, to explore different forms of writing and how we can use them uh, to deepen our relationship with Christ and with our community, but it, it'll be a lot of fun. And um, but all of these classes will start uh, April twelfth. And then Enjoy. I'm going to be working with yeah, I'm going to be working with Miriam um, and Karen Royer, our head of our DEI, and I'm going to be I have the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be teaching To Kill a Mockingbird and relating it to First Peter um, because To Kill a Mockingbird, and I'm going to be not just, we're, we're not going to just read the book, but we're going to um, watch a little of the movie. We're going to have some excerpts of the, the show that's been adapted by Aaron Sorkin. We're going to bring all that together to connect it with the words of of first Peter and the writer of first Peter and, and how that gets lived out and, and understand to what it means to show up for people. So we hope you'll come and be a part of those. Um, again, make sure you listen to our podcast. We'll see you on Sunday morning, but also this is our last time to say goodbye to Melissa because Melissa <laughs> on Wednesday starts a renewal leave and we, are, she's going to be on renewal leave from now till June. And so Melissa, what are you going to do? Sleep. Um, not think about church for five minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, Will and I are going to get a chance to travel some and we're really excited about that. And just to take some time to um, see, see some parts of the country that we haven't seen before, do a road trip and um, hopefully come back and be uh, more revitalized and ready to hit the ground running um, with you all once you do all of this great Eastertide work and uh, are ready to change the world. So there we go. Awesome. So have a wonderful trip. Thanks. Have a wonderful time off. We'll be praying for you and we're going to leave you alone. And with that, <laughs> blessings to you all. We hope you have a great week and uh, we'll see you Sunday. <laughs>